these times is is difficult. It really is. And and it really, I think what it does, it shows how well did you manage the good times to get you through the bad times, right? So it's that old story about how much did you forge in the summer to survive the winter? And, and you know, winter is not coming, it's here. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, my guest is Ralph Dangelmeyer, who is the CEO and board member at BlueSnap. Ralph, what's happening today? A lot, Anthony. What's going on with you? Just, I'm about to learn what Blue Snap means, uh, which I'm very excited for. You've been involved in fintech. You've been involved in Blue Snap for a while. The payments industry is disrupted. Banks are doing stuff all around us, and you're at the heart of it in certain ways. I'm excited to chat with you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what Blue Snap is, and then I'll ask you what it means. Well, you're right. We're a fintech company, kind of the new wild and crazy guys out there, right? I've been doing this for 35 years. I've been at BlueSnap for 10 years. And what BlueSnap does is it helps merchants, particularly the kind of middle market, accept payments in 47 countries locally and globally in 200. And we also help platforms sell payments to merchants. And we're, we call that embedding payments for sale. So, so we help platforms and we help merchants sell payments globally. And that that that's what we've been at here the last 10 years at BlueSnap. So there was an interview you did with the Boston Business Journal saying, well, it's not that simple what BlueSnap does, but it sounds pretty dang simple to me. You guys are helping people move money around. And the reason that you've probably gotten not the valuation alone, but the investment you have is because you're providing a platform to connect platforms so that you could probably have some sort of integrated payments funding journey and just make the whole thing easy. And I would probably assert a snap. Do I have more or less that right? You have that right, Anthony, and you're right. The reason it's easy is because our technology makes it easy for platforms to integrate and sell payments. You're right. So the hard, that's actually the hard part is making that easy. Anything that looks simple behind the scenes we know is hard. We were talking about sports before we got on. Same thing when the person hits a baseball or goes skiing or plays hockey, it looks easy, but we all know there was tens of th- and 20,000 hours behind the scenes to make it look easy. And that's one of our big goals here is how do we make things look easy for the clients? And it's hard. It's very hard to do that, especially when you're doing it in 47 countries. Mm. I've been reading on LinkedIn that right now, CFOs are holding a lot of the power because it's tight. The recession's there. Uh, You need to be really smart about your cash flow. You need to be smart about your payables, which I'm sure that you do. But I hear, just looking at it, that's kind of the intersection between the CFO, between sales, between technology, 
So I guess, you know, the people that use your platform, what are the pains that they're dealing with? Yeah, what are they what are they dealing with on a day-to-day basis? And I don't know if it's necessarily how do they come to you, but what are you seeing in the payments, sales, consumer space outside of kind of Blue Snap specific involvement? Sure. Well, I think you're right in what you read on LinkedIn is trends. I think there's been a power shift, if you want to call it that at least with our customers, which are platforms or merchants, from the CTO to the CFO. And the reason I I, I say that is because before, there wasn't a lot of checks and balances in the CTO. It was like we had to buy this tool, we had to build this tech, we had to integrate, or off they went. Now, because of the the way the market is, things are being forced into what I'm going to call an ROI, right? So a return on investment. And who's not the best to manage the ROI? The CFO. And so we think here, Blue Snap, as we're going to go speak to a merchant or platform, we actually say, do we know what the ROI is for the merchant? Because if they don't see a return on investment, and that could be a variety of things, lower cost, easier, lower technical deployment, higher authorization rates as they travel around the world, so higher revenue. But there has to be a driven ROI that we want to see as we're presenting to customers today. And that's a big sea change from the last five or six years where, you know, hey, if it's cool or it's pretty, roll it out. That doesn't work anymore. The ROI is really, really important. And so our platform, luckily, was really designed as an ROI payments platform with the key stakeholder being the head of payments of the CFO. So it kind of worked right into our favor. I'd love to say we planned it that way. And we did to some level, but we also got a little bit lucky that this little recession or hard times plays right into our hand because our whole objective is to save these platforms and merchants money and optimizing payments. So it kind of it kind of worked out. Yeah. And I, I also see at the same time, like if you think of a of a trend of, you know, all of these, let's call it over the past decade, these disparate technology solutions that are designed to help save people time, but also the integration of real-time data and reporting. But now people are inundated with the amount of data that they have and just their ability to kind of piece and parse it, being able to get financial reports at, at a time and then make business back decisions, not three months later, but, you know, either in real time or a couple of days later. And I imagine I, I'm asking because it's not just your platform that does it, but it's really what CEOs, what senior directors, what salespeople are having to figure out how to make data back decisions, not just based on their gut and the bottom line of it is, is you know, the, the payments kind of tell you that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we see this problem in spades, Anthony. So one of our ideal customer profiles, or ICP, is a merchant or a platform that's coded to about five payment providers globally hmm. for different use cases, okay? And so to your point, if you're coded to five payment providers, you have five ways to do a payment. You have five ways to do a refund. You have five ways to deal with the dispute. You have five different reporting engines. So now you got to pull this all together and figure out how to make decisions. It becomes a little unmanageable. And quite frankly, it's not your expertise, right? 
I mean, imagine if you went home and had five internet providers and you had to negotiate how they're going to share their I-bands and stuff. Probably not your expertise, right? You're probably breaking the internet with all the views on your podcast, but you're not managing the data that goes through there. And so, so that is another big opportunity to consolidate and save money of these CFOs is do you really know the cost of doing business with payments? And payments seems to be the necessary evil for a lot of these platforms. They don't really spend the time to understand the costs and manage the data. And that is a big opportunity right now. Yeah. And of course, the podcast is not sponsored by Blue Snap. It could be if you want. <laughs> but, but, but I think it's what I want to highlight for you, the listener, is that as you look at a world that becomes more complex, and if you take something like the uh, what's called business model canvas, you look at all of the components of your business, that if you change, for example, a payment provider or payroll provider or really anything, the upstream effects on every other process and system are measurable and palpable. The organizations that we work with, as they grow and scale, it becomes more and more complex. And someone called it a matzo ball of things that are interconnected. These systems that are either disparate or have to work together or have been cobbled together, the more complicated they get, the harder it is to make a change somewhere else without breaking that system. And so if you're going from 10 to 20 million, or I imagine you said mid-market, so you might be at the 100, 200, 500 billion dollar range in terms of your businesses, but they might be using systems that were created at 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, 100 million. Am I seeing the same kind of problem that your customers are seeing, Ralph? You are. You are 100%. And I think if back to leadership, whether you have a CTO or CFO or CEO here, if they don't have a CFO focused on ROIs for the things that they're buying, the tools they're using, if they don't have a CTO focused on, I'm going to summarize what you said, Anthony, is we have a term that we're hearing pretty pronounced the market called technical debt. Mm. How do I reduce my technical debt? So how do I replace three systems with one? How do I engineer a system so it actually works? Maybe you implemented Salesforce as a $10 million company and now a $100 million company. That system probably needs to get re-engineered so it's optimized for the different groups that use it and the different data you use. So that has to be a goal of a CEO or CTO or CFO is reduce my technical debt, focus on ROIs. And I got to say, I think we got away from the basics the last couple of years. I mean, we were on high growth mode. This COVID thing came out of nowhere. Everyone's worried about remote and how do I get everything operating remote? And then everyone need all these different tools. And now we've got a plethora of tools. We've got this growth going on. People start working about cash and, and their expenses. And we're sort of going back to the basics. And I think it's, you know, we're really going to see some true leadership moments here and how many people survive through this change. Because there's been a lot of change in the last four years. And they've been dramatic, dramatic growth, pandemic. Now, bang, we this recession hit quick. Mm. And so trying to manage through these times is is difficult. It really is. And and it really, I think what it does, it shows how well did you manage the good times to get you through the bad times, right? So it's that old story about how much did you forge in the summer to survive the winter? And and you know, winter is not coming, it's here. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together, you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, 
that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable to help your team grow and develop or really to lead a full transformation so if you're interested check out smestrategy.net you can check out our about page our services page it'll tell you more about how we do things and i'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help thanks so much i appreciate you listening to the podcast and now let's get back into the episode yeah, well, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, Ralph's background. He is in winter right now, despite uh, the time of year. But but I think it's, you know, driving change, the systems thinking, depending on the size of business you're at, regardless if you have a CTO, you need a technology or CTO perspective. So CEOs, that might be you or someone else is wearing that hat, but that hat is needed. And then, you know, those that were reacting, we're looking at their calf conversion cycles, their ARAP. And so now it's like, how do you manage that? But I think that if you look at technology businesses, they're getting, like you said, back to basics, the fundamentals of, hey, we need some level of profitability because we can't just, you know, have this crazy burn. Uh, we're not going to be able to do it. And uh, while you call it technical debt, somebody else I heard, and I think I stole that term, the operational debt that follows it, you know, it, it has to be done in balance. You can't just, you know, train biceps every day. You need to go to leg day. But I'll ask you, you know, you've been in this business for, you've been in the payments business and leadership for 30 years. This organization is significant, global. You know, what are some of the lessons learned around driving that change? And what are some of the things, how do you approach leadership? How do you approach uh, driving an organization forward? And we'll go from there. Okay. Well, let's start with global. I mean, I've been very fortunate. Like I said, I have a lot of experience in payments, um, have a lot of experience in leadership. I've also uh, managed folks in 80 countries over my career. Um, we're in 47 here. And so what everyone likes to tell me, if we're going to talk about just diversity and what to, as it relates to international geographical borders, you know, the thing I used to hear all the time, Anthony, was, well, we're, we're different in Australia. You know, we're different here in Israel. You, you got to understand how things work in France. And, and I say to myself, but wait a minute, you know, 80% of what we're doing is the same. You know, 80, 85%. And yes, we do have to understand the, the differences in the country or in the region, but we all got to work to this common goal. And if we couldn't get a team rallied around a common cause, okay, um, and sometimes our crisis is a rally for a common cause, then we don't have the right cause or the right team. So we need to make sure we have the right cause. We think we created the right cause here. We think we got people rallied behind it. And then you have to get the right people. And I hate to use the good to great, but it's still a great old book. You got to get the right people on the bus. And, and when you get those people on the bus, and in our case, we want people who, you know, 
not just from Ireland or England or Israel, but people that understand how to work with Europeans and Americans and Australians and understand how to how to work with these diverse cultures. We will then create whatever we need to be that's unique in that environment so they can succeed. And I think when you create that balance, uh, which is tricky to do, it, it's really magical when it works correctly. And so we've been able to do that. And it's and, and it could be little things, right? Like, for example, we do a lot of work with Israel. Well, they don't work on Fridays, right? So we have to have, you know, we have to have backup for them on Fridays in Europe and here. For example, we come to work a little earlier here in Boston because we're seven hours ahead of them, right? They work a little later in the in the afternoon, right? Because they have a more overlap. So there's sometimes little things you can do that create a, a little more of a of a great working environment. And so I think that's something that I've taken away and learned, and we've tried to apply uh, to the culture of our company and, and ones in the past, and it seemed to have been very successful. That's awesome. So the right cause, the common goal, the right people to drive that goal forward and the right environment to drive them, you know, specifically forward. And it's not, you know, rocket surgery, as it's been said, but it's important to recognize as a CEO that that is your job to do that. Just before you, we interviewed somebody talking about diversity, equity and inclusion. And it was really just helping the best people accomplish the best results for their unique sets, skills and abilities and recognizing that everybody has you know, something else that requires them to do that. Uh, a couple episodes back, we interviewed the chief strategy officer at Bank Hapoalim. So the largest bank in Israel was the chief strategy officer was on this podcast talking about their strategic plan. And we talked about cultural differences between Israel and Europe and the US. So it's interesting that you make that uh, distinction. But ultimately, yeah. it's how do you create the right environment for people to be successful, regardless of industry? But different people have different strengths. You know, if you take this year's Boston Bruins, the best uh, regular season team in NHL history, I've heard, you know, there must be something, the unique set of circumstances, skills, ability, coaching, timing that made them so successful um, that hopefully carries into the playoffs. But uh, nobody at me about your favorite hockey team. I don't want to hear it. But no matter what it is, you have to build the right environment for people to be successful. So, Ralph, my next question. Uh, as you've been doing this a long time, when is a time in your leadership journey that you totally got your butt handed to you and it left you with a learning that you take into today as you say, hey, this was a formative experience for me in my leadership journey. And I really learned something that kind of guides how I do things. Do you have something like that? Yeah, well, I think that if you look at what are some of the biggest mistakes you've made and how you learn from it, it's really around people. Now, um, you can you end up hiring a country manager or maybe it's a sales leader or a development leader, and they turn out to not buy into the cause, not create that environment, and they get away from your principles. And I think what's really been important to us is how do you make sure you get everybody on the team involved in that hiring so it's not just, oh, this is the CEO's hire. And I always say to people, this is our hire. This is part of our team. He's not mm -hmm. my guy, not your guy. He's our guy. And I think I've been burned badly uh, by, by, by hiring the wrong people and they've gone down, just call it their own agenda, whether it's been personal or whether it's they thought think that's right. And it's not been for the cause of the company. 
So, so I, I have a list of mistakes, uh, you know, bigger than the Rocky mountains, like everybody, but I do think that every time you got to go back and, and learn and say, what can we do differently and what process you put in place and what procedures you put in place. And I'd say that's, that's the biggest one because it's rare. You're going to get the strategy wrong. You know, usually the, the team will kind of get you on the cause quickly, but it's the people that execute that and maybe the dollars to implement it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as it's been said, if we're talking about old management stuff, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And the best way to support, you know, the culture that people work with is, is to vet them. And uh, I'm sure you had those times where people had given their like, ooh, my gut tells me something. And then, you know, when you're like, ah, no, we're going to do it anyways, you know, your gut usually proves wrong or right exactly. at the end of the day. So exactly. as we finish up, I... You, I said, hey, what is blue snap? So my brain said, well, Benjamins are blue, so that must be blue. So let's make getting Benjamins easy. But you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what blue snap is, how they can learn more about it, and then we'll finish up our call. Yeah. So what we were thinking is back in the day, this is about 10 years ago now, blue snap. So we were like, hey, what we want to be able to do is when you're selling things online, we want to snap into your environment. So it's an easy, you know, our tech is snaps right in. It's an easy as a snap. So we like this snap name because we think it was sort of catchy and it sort of snapped right in. And then we said, geez, what are we providing? We're really providing it in the cloud. Mm. And I was like, well, you can't call it cloud snap. That doesn't sound really crazy. So the, where's the cloud? The cloud's in the sky. Well, I think the sky is blue. So I think the cloud really should have been called the, the sky. Uh, or blue. So we flipped the cloud on the other side and decided to call it blue. And so it was blue snap, meaning you're, it's an, it's a, that, that's, that's where origination came from. So right. now we know. I love it. Well, I think it's so important. It's, uh, you know, they say speed kills in sports again, since we talked about sports. And so, you know, your ability to be able to make your payments and everything that works a snap and Every business is a technology business now, in my opinion. And so the ability to do those things fast um, is going to be critical and, and leverage the technology that exists now and in the future is going to be critical. Where can people learn more about BlueSnap? Where can they connect with you and anything else you want to share in as parting wisdom? Sure. We're at, look, if you're a merchant out there that's struggling with cross-border global payments we're local in 47 countries we're reducing folks costs we're helping people get higher success rates and payments and that is on bluesnap.com and in uh, blue and snap.com and uh, my name's on there as well and if people want to follow up there's a way they can always contact me and several people do um, since i do a lot of speaking and talking in the industry awesome well, thanks, Ralph. I appreciate you being here. It's been fun. I would love to chat again about technology, and I'm going to keep an eye out for what you're up to because I think it's a, a very cool concept, and I haven't seen it a lot of places. So just appreciate the time with me uh, today on the podcast. Thanks, Anthony. Have a great day, and go Bruins. <laughs> go Bruins. My Vancouver folks are going to get mad at me for that. But, Ralph, thanks for joining us. Uh, guest today, Ralph Degelmeyer, who is the CEO and board member at Blue Snap. I think one of the things that I see in organizations, you know, working on their strategic plans and, and driving everything forward is the need to be integrated, the seamless connection between sales, marketing, our operations, and production. And one of the 
key things, especially moving into this economic climate, is your ability to make decisions and get money fast. So whether you use Blue Snap or whether you use an abacus and throw cash around your office, uh, the key thing is that it works for your business and works for what you're up to. And so I invite you to be curious about how your entire system works, uh, money notwithstanding. So thanks, Ralph, for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, partners, anyone else. Thank you for subscribing, just being here, watching, listening. Please share with your friends. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.